All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts. Here at the Sideshow Network, go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. So you're thinking about starting a new website? Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to tell someone or sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography. Or maybe you want to start that new podcast. Ah, huh. great idea. <laughs> GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. That's impossible. They're always $9.99 or $12.99. They're $12.99, but right now GoDaddy's offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. On the actual internet or is this some BS sub-internet? No, no, this is GoDaddy.com. Right. We all use GoDaddy.com. Everything I have is on GoDaddy.com. I know. And each new.com comes with a free instant page website and a built-in photo album, so what are you waiting for? I don't Get believe your new it. website started today. I think it sounds like a scam. It can't possibly be GoDaddy's true. GoDaddy's not a scam. They have... Uh, uh, that hot check, Danica Patrick, for mm-hmm. their stuff. So it's not a scam. Plus, I use it for everything. It better not be a scam. <laughs> Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code FORK at the checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website and you're all set to go. Fork you if you don't take advantage <laughs> of this incredible GoDaddy deal. I'm going to take advantage of it. Welcome back to A Fork on the Road. I am Mark DiCarlo, and sitting to my right is the lovely and talented... Yenny Alvarez. The traveling diva. We are set to start show number You're 11. Sh- you ship your pants. <laughs> I love that commercial. <laughs> that Kmart spot. I just ship my drawers. Um, my voice is a little uh, nasty today. I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico this week doing the interviews for the new Lone Ranger movie mm-hmm. with Army Hammer and Johnny Depp. And we're, it's about 7,000 feet. And it was very, very dry, and we were out on this ranch all day, like riding horses and doing interviews. Um, and uh, this is what I sound like now. That's what you sound like now. Yes. All the interviews were outside, except for the one with my friend Jerry Bruckheimer. Jerry wanted to be inside, and when... And I bet you his voice doesn't sound like that. No. Jerry sounds smooth and delicious, like Jerry always sounds. Like delicious. Like chocolate. Yes. Whatever Jerry wants, uh, he... Whatever Jerry he gets. wants. And... and very well so. He's he's very nice, um, very talented producer. The guy's never made a bad movie. He's very Every movie he makes is a huge blockbuster. So The Lone yeah. Ranger was very exciting. It's got a big train chase. It's got Silver the Ooh, horse running. The, the horse is running oh, on top silver. of the train. On top of the train? Yeah, it's crazy. Have um, they done that before? No, and they shot it all for real. Oh. It was done on a real train, no green screen. Real all, horses. Real horses, real cowboys, real Indians, real bad guys. William Fitchner plays um, the bad guy, and he, what a piece of crap. How was Johnny Depp? Didn't talk to Johnny. Johnny's, Johnny uh, was not available for us because oh. I had to get back on the plane and come home. But everyone said he was delightful. That did talk to him. So that's why my voice sounds a little funky. And um, I will be in Chicago this weekend. I'm Are you d- happy about that? I'm thrilled about it because it's Chicago. There's never better. Uh, no. No better time to be in Chicago than the 4th of July, period. Or Boston yesterday. 
right. Well, a couple days ago when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a big hockey fan. And actually, I was rooting against the Cub, or the uh, Blackhawks on Monday night because I was going to go to the game live on Wednesday night. But they won it in six instead of going on seven. So you wanted to be selfish. You wanted them to lose. I wanted them to win on home ice. Aww. There's nothing better. The Kings last year, they won you were on gonna home. were going to be there. That's right. But still, you win in front of your fans, in front of your building. There was still a giant party. But they had the party outside Wrigley Field. So you can party when you get there. It's, they're not going to still be partying two days later. <laughs> no. I would be. So I'm going to be there this weekend. Um doing a corporate show at the uh, Hilton for the good folks at Ernst & Young. And then Friday night, doing a book event at the Tamale Hut Cafe. Woo, tamale! It's it's kind of like an artist's community in like uh, Riverside, which is a, a, a suburb of Chicago. Best tamales in Chicago. I don't know what that means. Bring me some to New York. All right. Uh, I don't know if, if Chicago is a real big tamale city but the tamale hut cafe supposedly has some great tamales i'm going to be there friday night the 28th of june from 7 to 8 30 i'm going to be uh doing some comedy and i'll be signing copies of my book a fork on the road 400 cities one stomach and it's free so you just come down have some tamales and you're going to give entries away to the people that uh yeah everyone that, the book? everyone that shows up gets a coupon for a discount cancun vacation courtesy of our friends at yucatan holidays cancun is fabulous five days in cancun 169 bucks you can't beat that with a stick all you got to do is show up and pretend to laugh at my jokes <laughs> just laugh and what about um, chuckle at my jokes really is all you need what to about do. the vivitar camera we're still giving that away. This is the last week you can register because we're going to give it away on our 4th of July show. All you have to do is listen to the show, and then at the end of the show, we'll recap the guests that we had. And you tweet that to, hopefully you're following me on Twitter, which is at yeah. Mark DiCarlo. And you tweet that to hash mark a fork on the road. You tell us who the guests are. Everyone with a correct entry is entered into the drawing for the Vividar 850W underwater camcorder. So you listen, you listen to our show, you're entertained, you get information, and you win a free camcorder. You get a chance to win a free Right, that's true. And today is no exception. We've got some great guests lined up for you today. From Dave's Travel Corner, we have Dave. He's going to be talking to us about Dave. summer trips and wine trips. I also, mm. <clears throat> on my way to Santa Fe, New Mexico, I was sitting in the airport, and I ran into a Mormon who was just coming back from his missionary. Uh, for those of you that don't know, everyone in the uh, Church of the Latter-day Saints, commonly referred to as the Mormons, uh, when they're 19, they send them somewhere far, 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 far from Salt Lake City, and they missionary. They go and they try and convert people to the church for two years. So you have these young guys all over the country, all over the world, really, out talking to strangers and trying to convert them. I ran into this guy. He was coming back from Australia, and we have an interview with Elder Butts. Oh, what? They're, they call them, once they're grown-ups and they go on their missions, their, their their term is elder. His name is Joshua Butts, Elder Butts. Oh. Yeah, but he's a really sweet guy, really nice guy. Unfortunate name. He was such a nice guy, I didn't even make fun of his name. What? Well, I'm sure no. he's... No. I'm sure. Really? I'm sure he's seen a elder lot of cracks. Elder Butts, what about the kid? <laughs> um, Youngster Butts. He was... Uh, Junior Butts. Really nice guy, and... Uh, we talked a little bit about travel, a little bit about, um, well, being a Mormon and what it's like to be traveling the world on someone else's dime at 19. So we're going to be wow. talking to him uh, later on the show. And, Did he um, get to pick his place? No. Oh, you don't get to pick it. Just they just send you. Wait, wherever they think they need Mormons? Wherever. Do they need Mormons in Italy? 
I see where you're going with this. You have to be a guy. They don't send uh, women. What? Women aren't capable. What? Women aren't capable. Yeah, we're capable of getting our own tickets to Italy. Women aren't capable of doing that. As far as I know, it's only men that go. I could be wrong. The women stay home and clean the house, and make the travel. food, and not prepare to get pregnant. That's why I'm not a Mormon. That's one of the reasons. Uh, so we have Elder Butts coming up later on. We have uh, Dave from Dave's Travel Corner coming up later on. But hopefully if you're in the Chicagoland area, you come and see me this Friday, the 28th of June at the Tamale Hut Cafe. If you want more information, you can go to decarloinc.com. I'll have a link there that tells you how to get there. But the show's at 7 p.m. from 7 to 8.30. Come on down. It's free. Get your book signed. Uh, get yourself some Cancun Coupons and who knows? We might be giving away prizes. Maybe I'll give away a camcorder too. I don't know. I just don't know at this point. I just don't know. They just got to follow you on Twitter. And then next week, we're going to be doing the show from New York City. Uh, We're going to be in New York. We're going to go see a couple of of the shows that uh, Billy Reback, our our Broadway consultant, uh, told us about. We're going to be there for the 4th of July. I've never been in New York for the 4th of July. Uh, Neither have, have I. I don't know. I, I would, may have. I would love to go up the Statue of Liberty skirt on the 4th of July. I think. A lot of immigrants in there. Right. Oh, <laughs> imagine the smell. Because it's going to be hot and sticky and, oh, uh, you know, people that are coming over in steerage, they don't shower. I want to go to the Hamptons. Really? Yeah. Well, you have a good time there. Maybe you can go and convert people to Mormonism in the Hamptons. Travel mm-hmm. as a Mormon to the Hamptons? Do they well, need Mormons in the Hamptons? Um, they need them everywhere. Okay. According to the people in Salt Lake City, uh, summer is a great time to travel. I love taking road trips uh, during the summer. Um, kids are out of school. You can pile everybody in the car. You drive them someplace. It's a great, uh, great time to travel. And uh, our first guest today is a travel expert. He's all over Twitter and social media, and he's got some great insights. So we're going to have him on the show today. Let's welcome Dave from Dave's Travel Corner. I want to be like Captain Kirk. Get up every day and love to go. Welcome to A Fork on the Road, Dave. Hi, Dave. Good evening. So tell us a little bit about your travel background, Dave. Have you been a traveler your whole life? What got you interested in uh, just not being where you live? Well, it first started in 1996 with a trip to Nepal, which was the first big trip for me outside of the country. Why'd you want to go to Nepal? Well, I saw a flyer in my uh, at college hanging on the window of the rec center, and good price, and it looked really cool. And just I saw beautiful mountains. I always loved mountains, and uh, just appealing photography. And that was a trip that pretty much got me into international travel. You're kidding. See, I see and, those flyers all the time, and I just assume that they're a waste of paper. <laughs> I didn't think anyone actually ever went picked up the flyer off their car windshield and went, oh, I'm going to go to Nepal. Sure, sure. Yeah, in college, what's that? The mark is not the target audience. No, not for that. How does does a college student afford Nepal? Uh, Good grandparents. (laughs) Stock set aside. Oh, that's perfect. And uh, it was a a well-subsidized trip. Yeah. one of the guides was local to our, our community and basically donated his time, and we got a discount from the airline as well. So, it, yeah, everything was bottom barrel as far as pricing. And that kind of got that got gave you the travel bug. Where where have you been since? Yeah, that did. And let me just backtrack just a little bit about that trip. It was a 
life-changing experience because I got extremely sick in the mountains and from food poisoning and altitude sickness. We were trekking up to Everest Base Camp, and I was carried down by a lady on the back on her back all day, basically. Wow. Um, and she had a backpack, so she would have to put the backpack ahead of me, come back and get me because I physically was unable to walk. I could not stand, and so she would carry me, walk right by her backpack down the trail, drop me off and come back. And I was throwing up basically every 20 minutes. So, so it was, a, yeah, at wow. the time it was, what, what a, I hope you, was I hope you married her, dude. That's a very dedicated woman. I recently got in touch with one of her friends and I haven't been in touch with her in gosh, it's been, yeah, 16 years. So the next time I'm on the central coast of California, I will, um, I have her email and phone number. I will definitely, I haven't, I haven't talked to her in that amount of time since that trip. So, so you weren't able to so, walk, um, you weren't able to walk because of the altitude sickness or because of the food poisoning? Uh, both. I was throwing up so much that I was so weak that I just, yeah, I think both of it, but the altitude is definitely a, was a major factor in that. Um, so it was, yeah, a lot of good stories after that, but um, not something I want to relive. Is barfing at uh, 15,000 feet different than barfing just like in the toilet at uh, Chi-Chi's? <laughs> yeah, it's worse at 15,000 feet. Why? It's less oxygen. You're just, you're just weaker just in general, especially I was, I'm really susceptible to altitude sickness, as I found out on that trip, and I found out on trips, subsequent trips later, but... Um, no, it's it's worse at elevation. Wow, definitely. So, so you tried to scale Everest and you failed, or you weren't even trying to scale Everest? No, we weren't even trying to scale. We were just trying to get up to base camp, which is about eighteen. Well, Kalapatar is the mountain we we're climbing, and that's about eighteen thousand five hundred feet. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and base camp's a little bit lower than that. But I mean, you're, it's it's an amazing area. You're surrounded by the world's greatest mountains, the jagged peaks, snow, ice all around. Uh-huh. It's just. It's a fantastic place oh, to be. I agree. By far, it's the most idyllic place to puke in the world. <laughs> I mean, I've pu- I've puked I've puked in much less fantastic <laughs> spots. Sure, at least have a view of doing that. <laughs> on our on on Yenny's and I first date, we were not first date, but our first trip together, Aww. we went to Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Aww. And Yenny got sick, and she puked into a potted plant at the Bellagio. I didn't really puke. Yeah, you did. I tried. It in the work. like the main, like right by the main staircase. I don't feel good. I don't. Blah. And then she turns to me and she goes, "Oh, that's, a, that's, a scary. that's not sexy." Yeah, yeah. But I that's realized. at sea level, baby. That's at sea level. That's and I nothing. Realize I'm, I'm about to puke into a plant. I always thought that was, you know, you, you go to Vegas, you puke in plants. And then I'm looking at it and go, oh, it's plastic. Dave is puking at 18,000 feet. Well, you know, good for you <laughs> that you didn't let that experience sour you on travel. Sure. Um, sure. Wh- yeah. It- where, where have you been since? Oh, do we have an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just uh, all over. I mean, I love I love Southeast Asia. My wife's from Thailand, so I we we go there often. I love Sub-Saharan Africa, especially Eastern and South Africa. Uh-huh. Um, love parts of Europe. Um, trying to visit more tropical islands in the last couple of years. So I've been to Micronesia. Palau is amazing. Um, that's just it's not on everyone's radar. No, it isn't. It's very remote. It's very what that. Where is it? No, I said it's not on everyone's radar. It's like, an, yeah, right, right. It's, it's hard, hard to, to get, get to. to. It. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's remote. Um, but once you're there, there's just an amazing diversity of activities as far as natural beauty, World War II history, and um, yeah. So, so yeah, I guess to answer your question, all over. And, and I would imagine going to those really um, esoteric places. You, the uh-huh. uh, one of the real cool things that I enjoy about travel is meeting different people. You know, later on in the show, sure. uh, we're going to be playing an interview. Uh, I met some Mormon kid that was coming back from his missionary trip in Australia. Uh-huh. Here's a guy that had uh-huh. never been out of Salt Lake City, and now he's got all these impressions of uh-huh. Australia. You're able to meet people yeah. that are so different than you and really connect with them. Have you have you met any really made any really great strong friendships or bumped into people that you continue to stay in touch with in these outlandish places? Yes. Yeah, and it's certainly helped by the internet. And initially, in the mid-90s, late-90s, I would meet people online, and then I would actually meet them in the destination. Um, and yeah, I definitely have stayed in contact. Um, just just speaking of that, I, was, I met someone on the back of an elephant in, 19, or in 2001, and I've stayed in contact with her. That, um, that's the world's greatest pickup line. <laughs> Didn't I meet you it's in the just back random, of random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was in Thailand, Chiang Mai, which is where you write elephants. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I love going to places that, especially off the beaten path, um, a couple of those countries that I've been to, Yemen would be a good example, Bangladesh would be a good example. These are countries that just aren't at the top of travelers' must-visit list, and no, actually, there, Yemen, you, as a United yeah. States citizen, you're not supposed to go to now. Yeah, we were there three years ago, um, and we came, we crossed over from Oman, and Oman's easy to get to for, for U.S. citizens and, oh. and very safe country. But, yeah, we were in, we ended up, there's no public transportation, we were in northeast Yemen, and we were being shuttled from town to town by a chief of police. And Yemen is the world's second most owned gun country besides behind the USA. Really? So everyone has guns. And one of the villages we were in, the chief of police, he, he let us stay at his home. And he said, which gun do you want to sleep with? He had all these, I don't know, AK-47s, all these very scary-looking weapons lined up against the wall. <laughs> How do you so, even sleep in a place like that if it's that dangerous? <laughs> we felt safe. Sure, because guns make you safe. Well, well, yeah, and it's the chief of police, so... Oh, that's true. If you're going to so be any place, who's going to mess with the chief of police? <laughs> Unless you're sure. in Mexico City. So, uh, how, well, did, yeah. how yeah. did Dave's... What is Dave's Travel Corner, and how did it get started? It's an uh, international travel community focusing on experiences. It doesn't matter if you're a backpacker or if you're a luxury travel. It covers the gamut as far as the range between those. Um, and it started because of my trip in, in Nepal. That was the impetus for building that. I've always loved to write, and then I discovered I loved international travel, and I combined the two. Oh, great. And so it started out with, what's that? Very nice. Yeah, so so that's how, that's how it started. And and people follow you. Uh, what Your Twitter handle is uh, Dave, at Dave DTC. Uh, people follow yeah. you to learn about your travels or to kind of uh, hip themselves as to places yeah, they might yeah. want to go? yeah. Right, exactly. My travels, and I try not to just keep it focused on me. I've, I'll tweet anything that's related to travel news, anything that looks interesting. Um, I think you just found me yesterday, possibly. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so that's cool. And I, yeah, I've met a lot. I love Twitter. I've met a lot of people through it. And um, and uh, when I travel, I definitely use it. I'll use the photos, Instagram, all that, and, and put it, push it through the Twitter feed. Great. Um, well, so yeah, I know one of your specialties is wine trips. And we were talking earlier mm-hmm. earlier in the show about summer being a great time. You can pile people into the car and just go for a trip. So if you're in the Western United States, um, what would be uh, lay out a really nice wine trip where should people go uh and how can you do it on a budget so you're not just one of what i can't stand is going on tours where you're sitting on a bus and you're just a lemming and you're being taken on the trip i i always try and find sure. the the personalized way to do it so you can actually meet people and have a unique experience not a packaged experience well i'll start with saying that my absolute expertise is in napa valley okay um really? you can certainly Yes, just because I live in the area and spend a lot of time in the area. And you like the Napa um, Valley but, better than uh, Paso Robles or the Solvang area? Well, there's Temecula, there's Central Coast, there's San Inez, wow. there's Peelton. I went to school at, at San Luis Obispo, so I grew up. I spent a lot of time in that area. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way up Napa, Sonoma, Mendocino. Um, it depends what you're looking for. So I'll, I'll start with Napa because I, I know it so well. Um, <laughs> It's so easy to get off the beaten path in Napa. We have what we call the wine strip. It's where everyone is that goes a up to the bar. Titty bar? <laughs> yeah, a bunch of bars. <laughs> uh, but if you get into the hills, the mountains, you're tasting with the owners, the winemakers. It's so the- personalized. How do you do that? If you don't already know them, do you just call up the winery and say, hey, I want to drink with the owner? You... Yes, that's one way to do it. Um, it's Napa's so overwhelming. There's more than 900 producers. So where do you start? Right, is the question. Um, yeah, you look for the smaller wineries. I mean, I've been working on a website for the last seven years where I'm trying to visit, taste with, and write about every single winery in Napa Valley. Wow. And I've done 718 so far, including ones that I've removed because they're no longer making wine. Um, but yeah, there's. It's it's difficult to find the smaller producers, but the Napa Vintners would be a good place to start. They're right, the so organization t- that, that your, covers. Your top five wineries, if someone wants to visit a winery in Napa mm-hmm. Valley and have a, a nice, unique experience where they get to talk to the Vintner, learn about how the wine's made, and then you know get a nice little buzz on. Ooh, good, good question. I'm going to give you some smaller ones that you're never going to hear about. Great, great. Um, one is called Montagna. It's in the Rodeo Drive of Napa Valley. Okay. And it, uh, it's up in the hills. It's one of the top 10 estate properties in all of Napa. Um, the wines are decently priced for the neighborhood and definitely appointment only. Um, another real, what's that? Montagna. 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 Yeah. It means, it means mountain, mountain in Italian. See. Also in Spanish. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the Montagna. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, Montagna's number one. That's definitely up there. Um, a little winery, a little gem called Arms. She's been making wine in Napa Valley for Arms? forty years. A R N S. Okay. A beautiful property where Clark Gable honeymooned is called Marston Estate. Marston Estate. Yeah. Okay. And you want two more, huh? Um, I'm going to give you a little bit bigger ones that are easier to get into, just the last two. Um, still small. Uh, Coletto Estate. Mm-hmm. They do tours and tasting. They're in the mountains, beautiful views. 
Um, fairly easy to get into if you make an appointment. Okay. And then ooh, one more. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, Constant Diamond Mountain, top of the mountain. Constant, okay. Infinity pools that won't quit, views that won't quit of all of Napa. Wow, very nice. Great. Infinity pools uh, and Those are five. And what's the best time of year to go to Napa? There's two times, in my opinion. One is in um, mid-spring, mm-hmm. so everything's still green, but you're there before the rest of the crowds, uh-huh. especially midweek, because in the San Francisco Bay Area, a lot of people make last-minute decisions and come up, especially on the weekends if the weather's good. Sure. And then uh, definitely, absolutely during harvest, so September and October. It's a much busier time. There's trucks on the road carrying grapes around the wineries, but it's when the rest of the year comes together and happens inside the winery. So it's when everything's fermenting and the wine is actually being made in the winery. And uh, what are the you, you like to stay in hotels? Do you like to do the VRBO? Do you like uh, what's what's the best way to really can you stay at some of these wineries? Do they have rooms there? Yeah, very few wineries in the valley have rooms. Um, Napa is an expensive place, <laughs> right? Especially during harvest, and and it's it's well recommended to reserve far ahead if you're coming during September and October. Okay. Um, you can stay outside of Napa, and there's more accommodation in places like Santa Rosa. The city of Napa has a lot of accommodation, mm-hmm. um, but if you go outside of Napa, it's a little bit, Mark's, a little bit cheaper. Mark's birthday, sort of. Mark's birthday, Mark's um, brother's birthday is coming up—a big number birthday. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking of uh, going up to Napa, Sonoma, maybe. So I really like um, Solvang and Paso Robles, and it's closer. To oh, Los I love Angeles. that area. Yeah, yeah. the wines are good. There, you, have sure. to, you, you have to account for the drive and getting there and getting around there while you're drinking. Right. I like to get the, uh, the, big, the big limo or the big van where someone drives, everyone, and, you know, mm-hmm. you get 10 or 15 people, and you just go in the van all day long. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's probably the safest and best way, or is there a better way? No, that's an easy way to do it. Um, if you're looking to really personalize, there's, of course, private guides that you can hire mm-hmm. that will drive you mm-hmm. as well. If you basically a couple, two, three, four people, that's that's a more it. personal way. And they often know the smaller wineries rather than the larger ones, too. Okay. How do you feel? So. Okay, my, my last question for you. How do you feel about Stolman Wineries and BV? We just tasted a phenomenal um, Delatour. Mm-hmm. Oh, 2006 Reserve de la Tour by BV. It was. Incredible. You said uh, you asked me about Sonoma, or they? I think they're in Sonoma and Napa. BV. Yeah, yeah. BV is in Napa. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's one I've yeah. hit. How do you feel about long that? history? They started. In, they started in 1900. They've been around a while. Oh, I tasted everything in that wine. It was incredible. <laughs> wine. How do I feel about yeah. Stolman? Stolman Wineries. Solvang? Actually in Solvang, yeah. No, Stolman Wineries. S T O L L M A N. Not familiar. Not familiar with those. Oh, I have friends make, down there who would be familiar. But... <laughs> they make a Sangiovese that was my birthday drink a few years ago. For a yeah, while. Yeah, that sounds good. That was my birthday. So you guys, you you like wine, then? It sounds like oh, we do, and I think yes, it's it's a do. great trip, and I think now is a good time to plan. Your harvest yeah. festival, you know, it's uh, almost uh, sure. July. Yeah, plan in advance. All right. Regardless of whether it's Napa or anywhere else in California or beyond, it's um, there's some. I mean, this is a great wine. This is a great wine state. Well, Dave, we're so glad that you joined us on the show. We'd love to have you back in the future. You are a very knowledgeable person, and as we cycle through the seasons, uh, we'd love to have you back at some point. Does that sound good? 
That sounds great. I appreciate you both for having me on the show. No worries. And folks, if you want to follow Dave, you can find him on Twitter at at Dave DTC. Uh, Maybe he'll list those five wineries on his Twitter account and uh, anyone can uh, track them down that way. Or you can find them on our Twitter feed, which is at Mark DiCarlo. We thank you for coming on the show, Dave. And happy travels. No puking. No puking in a plastic bag. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All we'll right, talk Dave. again soon. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Bye, okay. Dave. Bye-bye. Sure. Bye. Boy, he's been everywhere. That's, it sounds like it. I Nepal? mean, I have so many questions for him. We should definitely have him back because I want to know about, you know, the happiest place on earth, the weirdest place on earth. I want to, you know, I want to hear about Thailand. I want to hear about uh, what he thinks is mm-hmm. the oddest thing he's ever traveled to. So that should be, that should be another show. Yeah, I think that we should actually do that. Maybe like an odd show. I I would love that. And have you know people like just share all, share all their oddities and strange people and places. You know, pretty much anywhere where you don't live can be odd if you take the time to talk to strangers and uh, get off the beaten path a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I mentioned earlier that I was uh, headed out to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I had like do a. You know the do- way to Santa Fe. It's actually San Jose. I know. Okay. I didn't think, I thought that might have been one of your uh, no. Cuban mistakes. Uh, <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah. I was headed out to, uh, to uh, Santa Fe and had two hours to kill at LAX and ran into Elder Butts, who, uh, El- Elder Joshua Butts, a 21 year old Mormon guy who was coming back from his mission. He spent two years in Australia, uh, a guy who had never been out of Salt Lake City before. And he, um, I asked him, you know, you want to talk about it? And he, he told us some really cool things. So here is a replay of the uh, interview that we did, that I did at LAX Airport yeah. earlier this week with Elder Butts. I don't want to hurt nobody. We're at Los Angeles International Airport, and I'm talking to a returning Mormon missionary, Elder Joshua Butts. Welcome to a Fork on the Road, Joshua. Hey, it's good to be here. Some people may not know how the whole Mormon missionary stuff works. Explain to me, how old are you right now? Uh, I'm 21. Okay, so what happened when you turned 19? So when I turned 19, I filled out some paperwork, sent it into the church headquarters where the prophet is, and they um, go through a process where they receive revelation where each missionary needs to go, and I was um, chosen to go to Perth, Australia. So you went right from Salt Lake City to Australia? Well, I went from Salt Lake to um, Alabama first because I was waiting for my visa. My mm-hmm. visa didn't come through. Um, and so I stayed there for about a month and a half. And that was a first culture shock. Uh-huh. And then the second one, <laughs> going from there to Australia. Which was the bigger culture shock, Alabama or Australia? Uh, Alabama was pretty big just because uh, <laughs> you're just going around to Walmart and everyone looks uh they're just all staring at you because you're the only white guy around and the only guy wearing a tie uh, and the only guy in a suit yeah (laughs) and then you get to australia and there's just a little bit of everyone there and uh, you're driving on the other side of the road right and that's a pretty big shock first of all especially when you're assigned as the designated driver (laughs) right no beer well you guys can't drink beer at all right no 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 beer no coffee no coca-cola oh no we can so the official rule, if you could say quote rule, right. is no alcohol, coffee, tea, tobacco products. What's a missionary life like? Sometimes they'll put mm-hmm. it up um, for four-man apartments. Um, those can be sometimes distracting, though. It's usually They usually have two men mm-hmm. in each house, and you um, 
So you study from 8 to 9, 9 to 10 you, do, you study as companions, and then you go out the rest of the day, uh, find creative ways to find people to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to. A lot of time the, the fallback is just going knocking doors. Right. But you try to come up with creative ideas. Um, once I was up in Karatha, that's a bush town um, in WA, and we did some sand sculptures of temples. Um, I did... Oh, so people would come and look at the sand sculpture? Yeah, and, and they'd say, oh, what is that? I'm like, oh, well, this is a, it's a Salt Lake temple. It's like a Mormon temple. This is where families can be sealed for eternity. And it, it brings up conversation. And a lot of times <clears throat> we're able to give away Book of Mormons from doing that. I've seen the Book of Mormon on Broadway. My mission was an opportunity for me to find new ways to use my skills because we're not really allowed to use computers on a mission much. You can't use computers? You can use them at a library like once a week for emailing your family for an hour, um, but that's about the extent of it. Why can't you use computers like everyone else uses computers? Well, because a lot of missionaries would, it would be distracting. Are you allowed to have any fun on the mission? Yeah, absolutely. Every um, Monday is our preparation day, or a lot of missionaries call it our P-Day, and so um, we just spend the day, that's where we email our families, and the rest of the day we can prepare, um, go shopping, do sports, Sometimes we usually like to go hang out at the chapel, play some games, or practice piano, just mess around. Mm -hmm. So you can't play sports the other six days of the week? No. It does seem like there are a lot of rules, though. A lot of rules. Yeah. You don't find that constricting or stifling? No, I'll be honest. Like Sometimes like I've woken up and I'm just like, okay, well, we have this person investigating the church and they want to be baptized, but we have to do this. Oh, we can't do that because the rules cause a problem. And sometimes you feel like you're in prison, and in a sense, you could say you are in prison. Yeah, I mean, you have your. It sounds like it to yeah. me. When you align your will with God's will, then you know you're following all the rules, and it does seem to weigh you down a bit. But I've found miracles in obeying God's commandments. God just doesn't always give reasons for things that we should have faith in the commandments mm -hmm. and not faith in the reasons, because a lot of reasons for the commandments are man-made. Yes. That's what I would think. How old do you think the, the, this planet is? It says in the Bible God created the earth in the six days, but you know we don't know the definition of a day for God. Right. Um, but as far as what we believe, we believe that it's been 6,000 years since Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. You can carbon date dinosaur bones. They can date them to 60 million years ago, 65 million years ago. How do you explain that? For all we know, there were dinosaurs living on the other side of the earth while Adam and Eve were there maybe. Um, maybe they were uh, in the earth bits that God created the earth with. We really don't know where they came from. And so all we know is that God did it, do it somehow. And Science gives us medicine that keeps people alive, right? A lot of the scientific tenets have proven to be true in everyday life. These carbon dating methods are non-disputably accurate and they say the bones are 60 million years, which is a huge difference from yeah. 6,000 years. But in reality, we don't know. We don't, we're not here to say that um, dinosaur bones were taken from another planet. Uh, we don't really know where they came from and how it works. I mean, maybe God created dinosaurs and then he created Abenuve on the same planet. And so well, yeah. there's, okay. a, there's a lot of different explanations. That's not something that God's really told us yet. And so well, what I found is just living of the principles of the gospel, faith, repentance, baptism, then that's where I've been able to learn more. And yeah, and you know what? You're right. No one can argue with those values. It's all the little details that sometimes sound uh, silly.
mm-hmm. at least to me. I was raised Catholic. Oh, yeah. And virtually everything that they taught me, I think, is silly. <laughs> so <laughs> you've traveled the world, right? You were born in Salt Lake City, and you got to go to Alabama and Australia. What are some of the cool experiences that you had in Australia? Are you saying more spiritual experiences or just like anything? travel experiences. Travel experience? We're a travel show. So oh, we did. Talk um, to me about travel. Travel. There's a, especially down south, I really love it down south. There's a lot of, um, a lot of surf beaches down there. I mean, coming from a guy who's never seen the ocean before, really, <laughs> and you see, like, these waves that are five feet tall and all the Aussies are saying, oh, these are wussy waves. And then I'm thinking like, well, these are the, the biggest waves I've ever seen in my life. I've never even seen a real wave before. Did you go in the ocean? No, I didn't get to go in the ocean, obviously because of the strict rules that we follow. But You can't go in the ocean as a Mormon. Why is that? It's pretty obvious that missionaries would get distracted if they're allowed to go in the ocean. I mean, how many missionaries would just want to go swimming all the time? I mean, myself, I was a lifeguard before my mission and I had to swim team and so... Like, if I was allowed to go in the ocean, I would want to be in it a lot, I'm sure. Now you're going to go, you're headed back to Salt Lake City today, right? You're going to see your family and your girlfriend for the first time in two years. What, what are you going to do in the next couple months? Uh, honestly, I'm planning on hopefully getting to know my girlfriend a bit more. And if, if a marriage um, is something that can happen, uh, I'll probably hit that off and then get a job. And I'll, I'll need to work for a year, and my plan is to go to BYU, mm-hmm. or Brigham Young University, in a year. I do a lot of art, obviously. Graphic design mm-hmm. is my main field, but pretty much anything involving art. Well, good luck to you, oh, thanks. and thanks for talking to us. I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, have a great trip home. Oh, thanks a lot. That's Elder Butts. He's got his whole life planned out. Can you uh-huh. imagine being gone for two years and yes. then coming back and trying to get, like, get it started with your girlfriend again? Got to be a patient woman. Um, or a little slow. No, you know, that's... that's two it, years. I'm sorry, no. No, 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 no. Two weeks, please. Right. No, it's, it's a... Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with all of their uh, tenets of the faith. But I think it's admirable that someone can be that steadfast and draw that much um, positive reinforcement from their religion. Well, you know, they're Mormon, so she has another couple of other women to uh No, they don't do that wait. anymore. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. They don't? No. I did a movie in Salt Lake City and it's that's their they they're um There's reality shows. Yeah, but that's they don't do that. It's not legal, women. they're not into that, and it kind of embarrasses them. And, and I don't want to embarrass uh, Josh. He was a great guy and uh, spent some nice time talking with me and I appreciate it. Um uh, if if only I could find a dinosaur bone to send to him, <laughs> I'd be happy to send them there. Send them to a museum. Yeah, well, we could do that as well. But he's busy. He he's been back now for a week. I'm sure he's uh, enjoying seeing his family and his girlfriend again, and and after uh, two years, I did she go visit? No, you can't. You can't even call. Did they, she wait for him for two years? Well, I guess you know what, Josh. If you're listening, you give us a call, and we'll put you on the show, and we'll. I'd like to find out what happened. I want to talk to the girlfriend. What was she doing for two years? Nothing. Yeah, it's certainly not traveling. No, that's not fun. Well, but that's their society, and everyone likes it. And I guess if you don't like it, you Does don't the do it. Like I, you know, I didn't talk to her. I only talked to Elder Butts. I don't know. If I couldn't travel, travel I don't know what I would... Well, you know what? It's been a week. Maybe she's Mrs. Butts by now. Oh. oh I wonder what her other last name was. Her maiden name. 
Uh, well, Josh's brother is named Seymour. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he was a great guy, real sweetheart, and I, I appreciate your time, Josh, talking to us. And I wish you the best going back to college. Maybe a little boring after traveling the world for two years, but you know what? Whatever. I'm college glad. is not boring. No. Well, BYU might be more boring than the college that you went to. I'm guessing. Well. I've heard your stories. Well, that about wraps up our show for tonight, for today. Um, let's see. We've only had two guests on the show today. I know. Right? So. We had Dave from Dave's Travel Corner and Elder Dave Butts. And Butts. So uh, hopefully you're following me on Twitter at, at Mark DiCarlo. All you got to do is send me the names of both of those guests. Dave and Butts. Dave and Butts. At uh, hashtag a fork on the road. All the correct entries we get, we're entering into a drawing, and the winner is going to win a Vivitar 850W underwater camcorder, which Elder Butts couldn't even use because he can't go in the ocean. So if he wins that, he'll have to give it away as a gift or something. To his girlfriend. Right, because she can go in the ocean. All right, well, (sighs) that is our show. We thank you once again for listening to A Fork on the Road. That is the lovely and talented Yenny Alvarez, the traveling diva. My name is Mark DiCarlo, and we will see you next week from New York City at a fork on the road. Bye-bye.